Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today I'm going to be looking out of Matthew. This is the uh, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35. If you want to look on your, on your devices. Uh, one of the things that's, uh, that I like about this season of the year is is the harvest, it's the, the time when, when you look around and, yeah, you'll see some pumpkin patches, you'll see farmers with hay bales, you'll see all kinds of vegetables and, and, and fruits and things that have been harvested. And I know there are different varying times when, when some of these are, are ripe, but it's just, this is a time of just celebrating that the harvest is in. And, and especially in, in farming communities, this is a big deal. And the other day I was driving through these big, long stretches of fields up in the, in the Fort Worth and north of Dallas area. And just field after field after field. And some had been cut and some were about to get cut. And, 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 you, and you're passing different farmers who have, have their product loaded on. And I imagine the flea markets and the farm, no, maybe not the flea markets, but the farmer markets are, are, are just filled with all the produce, the, the fruit and the crops that are available. And so it's a fun time of the year. It's, for a farmer, though, it's the time when, when all of the hard work paid off. Well, Jesus uh, is, is going, the, the scene setting up, or setting up the scene, Jesus had been healing. He'd healed a paralytic. He talked even about fasting. He was, he was doing miracles of, of many kinds. But I want to pick up the, the verse 35 where it says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech or ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. And that's a verse that if you've been around church circles or maybe listened to a sermon or two, this is a term that, would, that has been applied and reapplied uh, to not only uh, a generic calling, but even specific callings of, of going out and, and sharing the good news with the rest of the world. And, and so we, we look back now at the context of this. And, and so what Jesus was doing, he was going from town to town and village to village. And the first verse we read in verse 35 was, that he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and he was healing the sick and those who were hurting among them. And, and then later on, he, he looks out with compassion. He says, the fields are ripe unto harvest. And the idea of that illustration or, or, or that, that example is when you're driving and you see a field that's not yet harvested, especially like it's wheat, and you're going to see the, the very ends of those, uh, those wheat heads, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to glow, the field's going to glow. And just whatever the crop is, when you look out, that whole field is going to take on the color of that crop. And, and, and Jesus said, when he looked at people, it reminded him of looking out into the fields that were ready to be harvested. And, and so, so I thought about the different angles of that verse. Is Jesus saying that, okay, that okay, now or, or at least in that time the harvest was ready and then it's ready for, for now until he comes back? Well, 
There's some indication through Scripture that that is the case. Or was he specifically talking about at just that moment? But if you remember Jesus passing through all of these towns and healing their sicknesses, uh, and then he makes the comparison, and he says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I guess over the years I've thought about this verse, and I've always thought about it in terms of a labor shortage. Uh, There's not enough workers. The, the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. And so it seems like there's been an, uh, maybe an inordinate amount of emphasis placed on uh, we have a worker shortage. After the pandemic, even during the pandemic, and even a little bit now, we see that there are some companies that are saying we're hiring. In fact, they're still hiring. They're always hiring. There are never enough people to, to handle the jobs at some of these companies. In fact, most employers are struggling to keep enough staff on board. And so you look at this passage, and if you're not careful, all you see is that there's a labor shortage. And, and I get that, going out and trying to talk to people about their faith and serving Jesus. And I could see where there would be a labor shortage, especially when, when Jesus said in other places, take up your cross and follow me. Like the, the, the payment for, for following me is, is, is going to be difficult. The reward at the end is going to be pretty amazing. And walking with me will be amazing. But there is a price to pay. It's, it, can you imagine someone coming up to your work and, and they're saying, I am looking for a job. And you say, okay, yeah, you can work for me and you need to pay me $15 an hour to work. Well, they would say, uh, you're crazy. I'm going to go find a job that pays me, not me pay you. Well, when Jesus invited us into relationship with him, yes, there's a reward, and he promises that, and he talks about that. But he says, when you follow me, you're, there, there's a price. You're going to take up your cross. You're going to follow me. But Jesus, in many occasions, he talked about the harvest. And, and in here, he's talking about, and he says that he looks out over this crowd, and he has compassion on them. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And so it seems like it's just a labor shortage passage. But it's more than that. Because if you go back and kind of weave into those verse 35 and 36, it's what did Jesus see? He saw people who were, according to Matthew 9, verse 36, and here in the New American Standard, it says people who were distressed and dispirited. People who were disoriented, it says here, like sheep without a shepherd. What happens when, a, when, a, when, when sheep don't have a shepherd? They kind of wander and they go the wrong way. They're distressed, dispirited, disoriented, discouraged, whatever you, you want to put in here. Jesus sees them in their state. And that's what motivates him to say the words that we now know. Well, the fields are ripened to harvest, but the laborers are few. It's not just a labor shortage issue. It's a, what did Jesus see issue? And what do we see issue? What do we see when we, we look out? Um, I, was, I was driving through these, these uh, fields or driving through these, these back roads to get to where I needed to go up in north, northeast, uh, uh, northeast past Dallas. And as I'm driving down, it was amazing. Just seeing farm after farm and, and cows and, and crops and and I was enjoying my day, and I, and I pulled up my phone, and I said, Hey, Siri, remind me tomorrow of what I saw today. Now, Siri struggled with that and didn't know how to really put that in words, but at least captured those words. 
But what I didn't want to do was to enjoy that moment and then get to today, get to the next day rather, and say, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that and forget about the nice drive that I had because when I'm driving and I'm seeing all that, it's inspiring to me. I'm like, hey, Siri, don't let me forget that. See, the Bible says that Jesus, he looks out onto the crowd and he, and he sees them as like a field that's ready to be harvested. And he says, we can't forget them. We can't forget the people because they're ready. The scripture says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in, a due, in the due season we will reap if we do not give up. What happens is we, we give up on, on, on different things for different reasons. Sometimes we get weary ourselves. We get discouraged. We ourselves get dispirited. And we forget about the harvest. And the Bible says there is a, there's a day when the harvest is going to take place and, and we can't get weary of that. We're going to reap the rewards. We're going to see the produce. We're going to see the fruit of our labors. And so Jesus says we can't forget these people. Yes, the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. But what motivated Jesus to pray this prayer and to say this for them to pray was what he saw. What happens is I think we do see the fields from time to time, or we see people, and we see them in their spiritual condition, and sometimes we equate that to say they need Jesus. Maybe they're dispirited or discouraged or disoriented, um, and, and maybe we just relate that to that's their condition, that's what they need. But Jesus says, when you see someone who's down and out and in need of you doing good, remember what I said in Galatians, let us not grow weary of doing good. There'll be a harvest. So Jesus is saying, when, when you see someone who's hurting, you see it as an opportunity for a harvest. In other words, do you, you see it as an opportunity for where the gospel, when it intersects with their need, will lead to fruit, will lead to hope, will lead to life, will lead to a blessing. Another, another gospel translates or tells this story this way. Do not you say there are four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. A lot of times we say, oh, you know, in, in a little while, in a little while, um, I'll make the effort. Or in, and maybe there's someone that, that God has spoken to you and quickened your heart to say, you know what, this person is hurting they're distressed. They're in need. And for whatever reason, we don't see that it's harvest time. We don't see that it's game day. It's, it is time. This is the moment. This is the moment for where you and this person get to talk about spiritual things that could change their lives forever. I mean, imagine if, if you're put on this planet and there's one person. No, there, maybe there's lots of people you're going to interact with that, that you can serve in a Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 kind of way that I just read. But maybe there's just this one person that you're going to touch that's going to go on and touch thousands and millions. But you don't see the harvest. You don't see that it's the right time. John's gospel says it this way. He says, look up. Look up and see. How did Jesus see? He saw with compassion. He saw that he was there to comfort. So when you think about the harvest, 
yes, we're supposed to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers, but we also need to understand that these workers need to be competent. And before we can pray that God would send out workers who are competent, we probably need to be asking, am I competent? Am I, am I seeing people with the same harvest eyes that Jesus was seeing them through? Let's read, let me read the verse again. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Jesus was touching their physical needs and healing them and restoring them. He was engaged with where they were hurting and where they were at. Verse 36, seeing the people, he felt something for them. He felt compassion for them. If we don't minister or take care of the needs of those who are hurting, if we don't bandage the wounds of those who are hurting, if we don't see them with compassion, then, then we can pray all day long that the Lord would send out workers for the harvest, and he will do that. He just might not send you and I out because we don't have the right kind of eyes. We don't have the right kind of sensitivity. We don't realize that their cuts need band-aids. Uh, there's a lot of, we do a lot of Zoom things since the pandemic. Uh, we've done Zoom prayers. We've done Zoom preaching. We've, we've done all kinds of things where we have different conversations with people. I meet with people, disciple with people, and uh, just, or general, general meetings with people through Zoom. But every once in a while, I get this fear that, what if the camera's looking back at me? So I took this Band-Aid the other day, and I put it over the camera lens, and I said, okay, at least for the, until my next Zoom meeting, nobody's going to be looking out that camera at me. It's just that weird feeling of, do you think someone's looking at you? And so I put the Band-Aid over the camera, and I'm thinking, maybe that's not the right place for the Band-Aid. And in fact, there's probably little tools that there, I know there are little stick on things that you can add to your cameras on your laptops and you can close it. It makes a little shutter and you can close it. The Band-Aid is probably in the wrong place. What I think with people is I think we see and they're, they're hurting and, and we don't so much as even offer them a Band-Aid. We don't even offer them this a salve or, or any kind of healing ointment. We don't even give them a word that would comfort them. Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. But we got to be careful that, that he's going to send out a bunch of people and we're not even part of the process. We're not part of, uh, of this harvest. Later on in, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church and he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. So he's where we get and draw comfort from. Verse 4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So the Bible says that God is the source of all comfort. So when he looks out into the fields and he says, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And he says, the fields are truly ripe with harvest. What he's saying is, there are a lot of hurting people. And I need workers to go and comfort them. I, I think sometimes we read this passage and you're like, yeah, we need another person to check off a box that says I'm a Christian. Or I've accepted Jesus into my life. Okay, let's move on, leave that person going to someone. No, he's saying I need to send out, we need to pray that God would send out workers 
to heal the hurting. Not only preach the good news, but be the good news. He says, Paul writes, he says, God is the source of all comfort. In fact, God has comforted you. In fact, he even says a little later on, he says, the more you suffer, the more he comforts you. But sandwiched in there between those verse 3 and 5, he says, but because you've been comforted, because you were harvested, in other words, God sent someone to tell you how you could be comforted. Then you comfort others. Jesus looked out and he said, the harvest is plentiful. There are plenty of people every day, everywhere you look, everywhere I look, that are hurting. And, and so as I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe we got to wait a few more months before there's a revival. Or why is it some parts of the world just seems like the harvest and the fruit is just piling up? And yet Jesus says, the harvest is ready. You look around and you're going to find distressed people, hurting people, people in need. And you've got to decide, am I going to be a worker at that moment? Or I'm going to be part of the labor shortage. I'm going to be part of the group that says, I'm not going to help. Nah, I'm busy. Paul says, we're called to comfort those who are hurting. In, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16, he writes another church and he says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. So when you and I were harvested, when, when Jesus looked on us and sent someone to speak that good news to us or to heal us in our deepest moment and help us to see Christ so our, our eyes could, could pass from looking at our own problems to looking up to Christ, we were saved. We experienced an eternal comfort. Well, if you and I have experienced an eternal comfort or in this wonderful hope that he describes here, you would think that we would have just a little of that comfort to give to the distressed, the disoriented, the discouraged. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The, truly, there are people who are needing to be seen, and we've got to decide, am I going to lift my eyes and see? I know this passage is praying for workers, but I think it's also praying for the right kind of workers. People who will see others the way Jesus at one point saw us with comfort. You and I are called to encourage the timid and the weak and the hurting. We're called to be available to those who are part of what will be a great harvest. Instead of just driving by the fields and forgetting that there was a field there in the first place. I reminded myself to, to remember the drive through the fields. Would you remind yourself of the great field of harvest and those around us uh, those villages or towns or next-door neighbors or just people we bump into for maybe what seems like random occurrences who are in need of being comforted because this is the harvest that God's talking about. God, I thank you that no matter where we turn, there's an opportunity to serve you. Lord, I thank you that uh, someone saw us in our state and saw us in our condition and presented us with the good news 
the good news that, that following you is the plentiful life. That you want to harvest uh, believers who are at once lost and now can be found. And you use us to be part of that. Lord, would you please send out workers unto the harvest? Because the harvest is ready. But Lord, would we have eyes to see? Would we have hearts of compassion to feel what they're feeling? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.